plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. Plus minus. Hey, driving again. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to a mini vacation version of the Warriors uh, plus minus. This is the, the rare, like, you know, middle of the season, three-day midweek break for the Warriors. It feel like after All-Star break, that little space right after All-Star, that's what it feels like. Yeah, I mean, they get two full practices and an off day. I mean, it's actually probably very helpful for them. Obviously, they're getting DiVincenzo back, which is going to matter. But just like teams off two practices usually look a lot better than they did prior to that. And they need it. <laughs> and they really need it this time, I think. They need it. They're at home. They can recalibrate, get the younger guys maybe uh, they're in a better headspace, get the older guys a little rest. They played their older guys a ton. Marcus wasn't there, but... That was a grinding game to get that win uh, on Monday. So against the, the battle-tested, tough Anthony Slater-covered Sacramento Kings. But they needed Who followed game. up with a big win over Absolutely. Cleveland, by the way. Absolutely. Four and out Cleveland. of six. If so you want to Cle- read more about the Sacramento Kings, subscribe to The Athletic. There's a story up now. Sorry, go ahead. Slater's going to cut this short because he's got to do Kings plus minus pretty soon. He's got to make sure he's got to get that up and record it. Tim, you want to join? I mean, the Warriors <laughs> Who knows? Seven. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Go, you get, get ready for a little golden one action. Why not? They're higher than the Warriors in the standings right now. Uh, they, they beat the Cavaliers. Let's see if the Warriors can do that on Friday. Imagine they're going to be crisper. Imagine that coming off of that road trip, a lot of things were jumbled and jangled and they needed that one win, maybe, you know, to, to get through that weird thing. And then you get a couple practices. I don't know what the rotation is going to look like, Slater. You think the rotation is going to get jumbled again? You think Kerr liked what he saw on Monday? And You know, he was speaking yesterday post-practice and was like, you know, talking about why he has chosen, at least at this point, to play Lamb and Jerome over, uh, you know, the lottery picks, essentially. And it was mentioned, and, you know, because they're so jumbled up right now and out of rhythm he likes guys that don't defend without fouling he was like basically doing a he was mimicking being anthony lamb on the podium and he was like always hands up inside never put you know never reaches in and then he mentioned you know no low turnover ty jerome and all that so yeah you, you'll probably continue to see those guys sprinkled in i expect divincenzo to replace jerome i could see jerome getting a dmp just because he was you know, replacing even chance because his hands are always up too, by the way. Yeah. No, I mean, Jay Wright, baby taught him well. (laughs) Oh yes. Beyond that. I mean, maybe lamb will uh, like, I think they're going to try to play Kaminga more than lamb. I think the other night they were just so freaked out about getting that win in the second half and Kaminga didn't play that well, I guess in the first half. So they stayed with lamb, but it's not like lamb. It's like, you know, what did he go over for three from threes? Yeah, but he hit five in the game before, and I think that kind of helped him. That carries over. That carries shoot. over. Yeah. Average I mean, of two they, and a half over two. Yeah. They watched him hit five, though. So it's like, when you hit five, you become a shooter, right? At least for the moment. So I, I just think the fact that you know he can shoot seems to help him because isn't that kind of the issue with Kaminga, right? It's like... He doesn't stretch the floor. Well, he, well, he tried to the other he night. He thinks he does. <laughs> no, he sure he does. But yeah, I think Steve Kerr thinks differently. No, no point. You know, I mean, that's clearly it. Space it. 
let the other guys operate within a little, you know, a little less clogged up uh, lanes uh, and see where it goes. And the guy who's not going to make a mistake can't play him over Kaminga and Moody for very long. But I, I guess I get it, and we'll, we'll see how long that goes. But MT, okay, we we haven't talked to you about this. What, what did you think about? I'm sure you at some point you you, you saw what happened on Monday and. The kind of the, the, the rotation that I don't even know it was a rotation. I don't think Kerr really even intended what the hell happened in the second half there. Well, what's your impression of Wiseman DMP, Jamichael Green DMP, and Lamb and Jerome getting the second and third most minutes off the bench? It was very stunning, mostly because they still made mistakes. It wasn't like you put these guys in and now we can play mistake-free basketball, right? They made mistakes. It's weird that, and this is how Steve is, right? He just doesn't like particular mistakes. He has a, a kind a stronger, of mistake. Yeah, a kind of mistake. Yeah. He he has a stronger stomach for certain mistakes, and the mistakes that the young guys make, he doesn't really have the stomach for it, really. So to me, it was interesting that the the telling statement, especially when you're trying to develop that game, they were clearly trying to win, clearly. Right, absolutely. Steph was pissed. I think him going off on the ref was as much his frustration with his teammates. So they clearly try to win. Like Slater, they're like, "We gotta win this game," and you can't play your young guys. That's an incredible message, right? Like, I mean, in the game we absolutely have to win. You cannot see the court. To me, that's that's a wild statement. That if you're the front office, you got to be like, either. We have to somehow come to some agreement where we're going to take these L's and let these guys play, or you got to move them. <laughs> because if you're saying we're trying our hardest to beat the Kings at home, and Jonathan Kaminga can't be on the court at home, we're in a fight for our life like it's game four in Boston, and we can't play these guys, but we can play two G League guys, two two way guys. To me, that was. That was harsh. I don't even agree with it, to be honest with you. That's the thing. It's like Moses Moody it. couldn't have got more than eight I, minutes. I think Moody and Kaminga could have played, and I think I think they would have been fine. I think the big part is because they make the type of mistakes that Kerr doesn't like, and probably he's right that if they avoid those in the long term, they'll be better for it, and he's trying to teach this long plan. But I don't think the mistakes that they make would have hindered him. I also think Kaminga makes plays – that will help you in the long run. Like, you keep on the court long enough, he's going to make some plays where you're like, what are you doing? But he's also going to make some plays where you're like, hey, this dude might be pretty good one day, and they need those minutes. But if they can't go toe-to-toe with the Kings, what are we doing here? If they were on the court a little bit more, does Steph's 47 not happen? No, Steph's 47 happens because Steph just decided that he was going to go get it. And if it was going to take 47 or 50 or 55, Steph was going to get it, whoever else. Just clear out. Jonathan Kaminga can clear out just as good as Ty Jerome can clear out. I think, having talked to Myers a couple days ago, I mean, there's it's clear if anyone can read between the lines or even even like they want, the front office wants Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody to play. But... They also understand they can't lose a ton. They're four and seven, right? They, they were three and seven going into that game. They can't lose eight more games, right, in the next month or, or you know, three weeks. They, they've got to win some games. And I think the, the tacit understanding is, Kerr, play who you got to play to win some games here, and maybe they can build up some kind of buffer where, okay, then the young That's guys... That's a huge come. problem, though, I know. TK. No question, no question. The, guy, the no guys question. you got to play... 
are dudes who that is the weird part like the two-way guys let's put that that's just bizarre if and they were all veterans i would get it right it was like no youngsters we just riding our eight og all right oh they're playing anthony lamb over jamaica green by the way like that's happening it's really you know strange. the point he made on that though yesterday he's like they're four-year college players like they may they may have similar nba experience but as far as basketball knowledge and basketball oh, he said they're saying a lot yeah he's saying that a lot and i get it and yes that's a way to compare against james wiseman who basically was a zero-year college player Jonathan Minga, zero-year college player. Moses Moody, one-year college player. It's, it, yeah. But it's a contradictory. So if that's the case, they will never be four-year yes. players. Like, they will never get the minutes. You know who was a four-year college player? Eric Paschal was a four-year college player, right? Yeah, you know, like, like, they'll never get the minutes. And he was a first-team all-rookie, baby. There you go. Well, they got a lot for By the way, too. I have a question. Isn't like one Eric Musselman year like four uh, NBA <laughs> years or something? It's, just just it's a couple must two. games. Yeah, just a couple must games just puts you in that category. Okay, well we're getting to it then. Let's just say it. Are they looking like they're could be moving towards having to trade one of these guys just because they're not going to be aligned with the Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson timeline? That's the other part. How can you trade the guys when you can't even play them against the Kings? Well, yeah, they're not really you're literally helping the saying value. they're not. Yeah, good. I know. Yeah. You're not really helping their value. Some teams will like Jonathan Kaminga. I don't think there's a worry. I about mean, them. I think there'll be a market for them, but you definitely, if you're a good GM on the other side, you're like, ah, maybe maybe it's a second round pick. <laughs> maybe it's a late lottery, late first Slater, round. Later, what, what, what do you think about the big? Picture? I think the only way you would trade them is if it's like you're getting like really helpful veterans now and you decide that like that's the path going forward but i think they only make that decision if they come to the you know the front office comes to the uh opinion that not only hey they're not helping that much now but like hey long term you know we had this idea of this like grand second era that was going to be you know competing in the playoffs if they decide hey like the 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 long-term outlook is not good not even just the short-term outlook but like the long-term outlook of these guys has changed me and Slater were talking about this. I don't even if you think, man, just give these guys time. You telling me that you look at these guys, and if you're passing the baton of contendership to these guys, you feel like they're it. You feel like, hey, we're gonna be all right because they're supposed to be the heir parents, right? We're gonna be all right if it's Kaminga, if it's Wiseman, it's Moot. Like this is the the next generation. I don't even know how you can make that conclusion. I think. Wiseman for sure is a huge question mark and obviously I've been softer on him than some other people but I, I don't know that you can say geez for sure in three years this guy's gonna be there I, I think he'll be I like a know. helpful center but that he's not gonna be Nikola Jokic and like you basically have to be Jokic or Embiid to be like a, a centerpiece type yeah big but man. I mean can he be Aiton I mean Aiton's not a centerpiece but Aiton's a good player like can he be that can he be that that's Aiton's yeah. a starting player yeah, he's a, he's a good and, center he's a he's a guy who's on the opponent scouting report you know he might not be on the floor to end you know game seven in the fourth quarter but he's a guy that is talented but Aiton is player. playing with all-stars these guys are supposed to yeah, be no the question. all-stars no, no question but I I think I think with the reality, it might come down to Kaminga or Wiseman. And I don't think any of us at this point would pick Wiseman over Kaminga. Right? If it came down to it, and, and you know, the money comes into it too, right? I mean, you guys have written it. I mean, Wiseman, $12 million next year. You multiply that by the luxury tax. That's over, like, that's right about it's like $100 eighty. Million. It's like yeah, an $80 yeah, million yeah. Dollar chunk. Like, if you're talking about ways to get down and not move Poole or Draymond, 
then it becomes Wiseman plus some other things. You add that to maybe he doesn't fit this timeline, and he might not be there for the next timeline. And I'll take Kaminga, if it's Kaminga or Wiseman, I'll take Kaminga. Those things might all be in play at some point. Now, I don't think they want to do it. I don't think it's the right thing to do at this moment. But if they're getting mid-January and they're like ninth seed, eighth seed, and they can't win on the road, then there's something to get. Wiseman's a piece that I would I would say, okay, let's see what they can get at that point. All those things have to be checked before you get to that point. But that's the, that's the, I would not trade Kaminga. I just wouldn't do it. Wiseman, you'd have to think about it. Here's to me the question about when this all happens is at what point does Draymond, does Steph, and them say, all right, man, we gave you a lot of, like, we first off, we've been telling you this entire time that you can't win with youngsters and to invest in what we got going right now by giving us players who can help us win right now. They've been saying this for years. At what point, and they've, they've, they've been on board with all the moves. Like, even if they weren't at the beginning, they've gotten on board with all the moves, right? You haven't heard a peep from them about it. Well, they had some other I, things they had to deal with, too, by the way. Yeah, no question. <laughs> I mean, it'd be even before that, yeah, right? Like, yeah. this offseason. Well, they won a, cha- they won, came, they won a championship. Draymond came, it's, but they won a championship on their part of the timeline. So so they could have said, we told y'all. We're well, young I guys. mean, you know what else happened last year, though? They delivered them very good veterans, right? Gary Payton, yeah, Otto absolutely. Porter, particularly the Payton one. Remember, just because of the way that they delivered that one? This year, they, you know, no JTA, no Damian Lee. Obviously, they let Peyton and Porter walk, and Jermichael Green hasn't been an answer, and, and DiVincenzo's been hurt. And, like, that's a big deal here, too, for them to look at. I like, just wonder, at what point do they say, we're right about this, and you guys need to do something? I don't think Draymond really can do that anymore. I don't think he has that platform. I just don't. Not uh, right now. No, yeah, right? I don't. I mean, he will at some point, but he doesn't have it yeah. now. Okay, just throwing this out there. If you're the Warriors and this goes on for three more weeks, would you think about a Wiseman for Gary Payton trade? That's what you're talking about, right? You're not talking about value. You're talking about somebody who could fit right in right now. And if you move off of Wiseman's money, you could fit somebody like that. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that would be the type of thing. I think the where I'm saying no is like three weeks. This is, this is a deadline type thing. Yeah, if this gets really funky whenever it does. And when you're getting to the point where, oh my God, like they might not make the playoffs. Player like GP2 is the one, is the kind I'm thinking of. Now, it doesn't quite fit positionally, but that's who I'm thinking. I know there are other players out there, but well, he fits just, this it's, just team, my, we yeah, know. it's just on my mind because that's the salary slot that you could kind of move around. And that's and the, the reason you couldn't keep him, right? Exactly, the reason you couldn't exactly. match that off. Now, right if you're a Warriors fan, if you're Joe Lacob, are you willing to burn that much of what you think the future is for somebody who's 30 years old? I just old think and, that's too bad value, though. Yeah, TK, it's, but that's right? what I think it is. I think I think that's the value. Maybe you get a protected first in that, too, some some, some version but, of and, that. And if you give up a number two for GP2. You can't, that's, like, yeah, you can't think about that anymore, though, right? You just can't think No, about you that can't. Anymore. Not if you're going to do it. To me, I do think it's deadline. I do think Tim's right in framing it in the sense of it's you're, you would be offering it to a – rebuilding team that has like helpful rotation guy i've mentioned the name kenrich williams for example you know in oklahoma city like he's he'd he'd step in tomorrow and like be in the rotation and like help and like you know anthony lamb times four basically <laughs> wait but, a minute now don't say too much anthony lamb he's yeah do we really think front office you know i.e ownership 
here is willing at this point to concede that. Based on what we've heard from them, and we've all heard it, it's going to take a lot for them to make that concession. Yeah, although I think Wiseman might be the one. Again, I, I'm just saying I don't know this. I still think Kaminga can be good. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think I, Kaminga, I don't. Kaminga. I don't love Kaminga. I mean, Wiseman can be good. I just don't think he'll be who they thought he was going to be. I don't. I don't think he fits with Steph. Yeah. It's harder than they realize to develop him in this environment. He, you know, where he obviously doesn't really fit what the Warriors do. He's, he's, you know, kind of, you know, I think in his ideal world, like a post up big, they're not going to post him up, you know, and he's not going to be a high energy. Like he's not a bench high energy big who like knows how to bash the body around and like gets hustle rebounds. Like, and that's kind of the role they're trying to put him in. And that's just like not what he profiles as. You would think like just just be JaVale McGee, right? You think it doesn't seem like that's a lot. It doesn't seem like, but it's tricky. It's not easy just to be JaVale McGee. Well, and people say be JaVale McGee. You know how long it took JaVale McGee to understand how to be that version of JaVale McGee? I mean, he, that was like 10 years and like, remember he's out of the league before the Warriors got him. Yep. I, I do think there is a strong sense, this is what, uh, among Warriors management and ownership, that if Wiseman was on another team, he would be pretty good. And I think we've seen flashes of that. That Charlotte game. Isn't that the worry, though? Don't you think that's the worry? They sent him yes. somewhere Yes. Oh, no, no. I'm he, absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. a worry. And, and that they're just in this weird little tight window where he it's just weird that he doesn't fit with Steph and Draymond uh, and he doesn't fit with the bench unit and Poole struggling because they're both they're tying each other down, Wiseman and Poole. And yet you you give him extended minutes, he runs up and down. And he's not that bad. Uh, you know, there's worse centers than him in the league. But there's not that many worse centers than him fitting with Steph and Draymond. It's just this weird kind of like, what do they do about that? Could they possibly get value for him? I just think that's something to look out for. He's going to go to Detroit and be an all-star. Well, they got a million centers in Detroit. They, uh, he's, <laughs> Duran's better than him right now. I mean, like... They're, that's the thing that people are looking at going, my God, there's guys who just drop in and they're pretty good, but it's not in this system. And I really do believe it's tough for young guys, young bigs to play the system. It's just so many little angles and little secrets to it. And Looney has all of them. And these guys, you know, just that's how Looney survived is he does all these things. Wiseman wants to be a scorer, and bigs don't score. This is, you've talked to Andrew Bogut about yes, this. Yes, yes, he's convinced me. He's convinced me. Like it's just not that. You've got to be get to the elbow and start looking around and see where everyone's going to be. And Wiseman, I don't know that he's going to be there. Again, I'm Mister Positivity on Wiseman. I'm just saying if this continues, and we don't know that it will, it probably it won't continue like this. But if there are questions, if there are issues. You know, Steph Curry, Jamal Green aren't looking at finishing eighth in the Western Conference. That's just not the way this 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 locker room is built. That's the direction I would feel if there are more issues. You mentioned what I think is one of the more underrated issues within all this. I think they would be they'd have a better record number one, and the second unit wouldn't feel as unstable if Jordan Poole wasn't in like a deep early season slump. That's one of the things they're clearly trying to solve. I mean, the fact that they started him in the second half the other night. Did you ask Kerr about that again yesterday, Slater? I'm just curious. Like, like, could he start? Could he? Could he move? What he said? Yeah, I asked him again, and he made this point, and it, it's the correct point. It's like, yeah, we we can look at all these things, how to get Pool going, even Luke Kaminga into it. Like, how can we get J.K. going? He's like, yeah, we could put him with the starters, but it's like, but then we're breaking up the best five man unit in basketball right now, essentially. And it's like, you know, you want to strike that balance of like, 
you know, why are you taking Kevon Looney out of the starting lineup when like all he's done is produce like terrific plus minus. So it's this balance they're they're trying to strike of knowing that Poole's better. First of all, if Poole's with the starters, worse defenders are guarding him, less attention is coming his way. But also like you know, he's proven he's really good within that veteran ecosystem. It's a lot tougher for him when you roll him the ball and give him a bunch of new, you know, young pieces around him. He's got to get going. That's why he's getting paid. Like, really, that's literally why he's getting paid. Yeah, but he's not getting paid yet. Yeah, it's not three point nine million dollar pool. Technicality, technicality. Empty. Do you think the Draymond punch is some part of this slow start for Pool? I do think he wanted to come out and show that he wasn't affected by it, which is probably leading him to doing too much. But I do think the bigger part is. The league is like, hey, Jordan, we're ready for you. I think that was going to be tough either way. And you could see, like, the telltale sign for me is the over-dribbling. Like, he doesn't – he's trying to find a place to go, but now he's seeing that help guy come in where he's used to playing and that help guy is not there. It's like, if I beat my man, I'm getting to the rim. He's gotten his shot blocked at the rim several times. Like, he just doesn't know where he wants to go. And, and that's going to take him some time to figure out. So I do think the rest of the league is like, oh, okay, you have to deal with Jordan Poole now. Uh, I remember uh, uh, Keith Smart said this a long time ago. He's like, man, everybody is good until the scout gets to him. The great ones can 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 do it when the scout is on them. And the scout is now on Jordan Poole, like in a heavy way. Not like in a let's think about him after we think about. The scout's probably more on Jordan Poole than they are on Clay Thompson right now. Right. They're probably like, this is the more dangerous guy. Just stay connected to Clay. But with Poole, we got we want to have our rotations together. We want to keep him away from these spots. He hasn't figured that out yet. The problem is playing with the guys he's playing with. I don't think that's going to help him figure it out. (laughs) So that's good. That's the quandary. One of the main things is he's cold from three right now. Like when he erupted in March last year, March and April. I mean, I've written it, but like he was the best three-point shooter in basketball. He hit the most threes of anyone in the NBA in March and April. He was like 40 plus percent from three. I mean, it was like a month where he turned in from three into like, you know, heat check Damian Lillard, like basically Steph Curry, you know, type volume and efficiency from three. And he carried that in the playoffs. He was a, he was a good three-point shooter in the playoffs. Currently he's shooting 30% from three still on you know pretty high volume but if his shot is not going like his mojo leaves a little bit and he gets more tentative and he doesn't get those plays you know into the paint because he doesn't feel like he's getting the defense to jump out him at at the three there's all those things it is a big deal i think he's going to snap out of it he's done it before he's gone through these things before we know his entire rookie season was like this or way worse actually uh, and he has shown that he, I, I do think it's not just the punch, but it's the punch when it came, the contract, the, the re- contract, the reaction yeah. to both, right? He's had to deal with people going, oh, his family members, whatever, to the punch, to the video coming out, to the contract, to the, to the locker room reaction, all these things, to the, to timeline, all these things are fair to affect somebody. You know, not, and then he's got to deal with the defense. Then he's got to deal with defense. <laughs> then he's got to deal with, like, the young guys aren't coming along with you. You're not helping them, but they're certainly not helping you. I think all those things. Now, my hard-nosed response is, this is why you're making the money. That's why. Steph Curry had a lot of crap to deal with for years. And you know what he did? He was bleeping great. 
that's what happened. Uh, we'll see what pulls up to on this. It's a lot to throw at them. I'm not saying it isn't, but I think there's just been this accumulation, and, and then he has to deal with it. He just like this is something he has to sort through because he's an important player. They decided he's a super important player. He's so important they can't even let him hit restricted free agency. They just did whatever dollar it took to make sure he doesn't hit restricted free agency. If you're that kind of player, you got to get through this stuff. But he could all, you know, Tyler Hero went through stuff. Like these guys who are getting this money now aren't really superstars, but it's just the way the, the way the market is. He's got issues. Like, man, there are issues all over the board, but I agree with Slater. I think Poole is probably the number one with a cascading effect throughout the roster. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I think he's had the best one-minute stretch of any Warriors player all season. <laughs> That's he? pretty good. Yeah, in Detroit. I think, you know, they were down 19, and he hit, like, you know, basically an and one at three threes, and they were suddenly down seven. He's kind of streaky, you know, and that's we didn't think he was going to get to this level and 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 maybe not this uh, dollar amount, but we always were like, look, this guy profiles as as you know one of those bench, you know, you know streaky bench guys that if he's scorching for a month, he can carry you for a month, but if he's you know cold for a month, it's going to really impact your second unit. We never thought their second unit would be basically worst bench in the league. That goes beyond him. But he is the most vital piece of it. Um, and, you know, what do you, Tim, what do you think about the idea of potentially starting him? I mean, I understand the idea. I don't think you do it for Clay. I think that would just mess up Clay no, that won't to, happen, in totality. No. And so it would be for Looney. And But I agree. Like, Looney's been their second best player. <laughs> like, I mean, can't bench Looney. Yeah, I mean, man. it's just like, yeah, this is only so many ways you get that. And then, so what's your second unit then? Is Steph on your second unit? Like, you know, I mean, the reason why you can, you know, bench Looney is because then you can really play this tag team game where it's like either it's Draymond at center or Looney at center for the whole half, you know, and, and that gets him away. Like that means Wiseman's DMP. That means Jermichael Green is. Can you do that for 71 more games? And I, I don't know. I mean, maybe here or there, but it's also a pretty crappy defensive team if you put pool with Clay, right? I mean, don't want to be mean here, but... Who who were the Kings attacking in the fourth quarter? It was Clay Thompson. You put Jordan Poole and him and Steph, those three guys out on uh, you know uh, guarding the wings. That's not fun. That's not that's not how you get to be a good defense. It does depend on what team you play though. And you know again, this is going to sound weird, but like the Kings are a bad matchup for Clay because Fox is you know one of the quickest you know players in the league, and Monk is like he's a quick twitch kind of guy. Where Clay, I think we've seen we saw it in the finals. Like give him bigger wings. Give him the guys, hey, I'm bodying Jason Tatum up. I'm bodying Jalen Brown up. Not like, hey, these small guards are just like trying to attack my lateral quickness. So 
you know, they're also playing Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, who's he going to I was going to say, who's he going to guard? Is he going to guard Mobley? Who's, who's he guarding uh, on Cleveland? Like, Dean Wade is who Dean he's... Wade, well, who's, who's Steph well, Steph's, guarding? Steph's, Steph's guarding guard Darius Garland? Them. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough matchup. Yeah, I, I see the point, and maybe you do the second half thing, you know, more than you do at the start of the if game. If you're struggling. Yeah. yeah, I don't do it to start the game just because that's a great five-man unit, and then it jumbles up the rest of the way, and then Steph's got to play 38 minutes, and... All those other things come into play, but I get the idea. Like this is where he get he got hot last season is when he was starting, and he, he maybe likes the routine of it. But I just don't think he can mess around with with a, your starting unit, which is the good only good thing that's going on right now, and just to get pool going when he should be able to get himself going that's my opinion but we'll see how it plays out he is he is necessary they can't that's the difference now he's necessary they cannot do this without him they can do it without Wiseman they can do it without Kaminga they can do it without a bunch of other things they, they cannot just did do it right you know? yeah I mean like yeah it's just he is essential to them and him shooting 30 percent from three is going to lead them to four and seven it's just it's almost no matter what Steph does because Steph's great like Steph gets him the four that's without Steph, they don't they'll get the four. But man, if you don't have that other guy with everything else, you're gonna that seven is gonna come up pretty quick, especially when you play a lot of road games. Slater, do you sense any in like Kerr impatience with the? I mean, we've seen it in the playing rotation, I mean, but like, you think he might rotation, be saying? Yes, yeah, do you think can. he might be saying, uh, guys, let, let's take a look at a veteran? You know, he's qualified it, and I'm sure he's. Part of the reason he's had to publicly qualify is he's not just talking to us. He's talking to the front fans and the front office. But uh, this idea of like, hey, let's, you know, he mentioned it yesterday. Like once there's a little bit more stability, once, you know, the veterans are in more of a groove, maybe Clay's playing better, Poole's playing better, then it's easier to like sprinkle in the Kaminga in this lineup when, you know, the machine is moving well. And basically trying to say, hey, like this is not like permanent rotation changes i bet Kaminga plays double digit minutes uh, on friday and moody as well wiseman probably not what do they need to see from Kaminga to make sure he stays in this rotation like i was gonna think like what's the baseline for him i don't think it's on offense i think it's on the de- defensive side don't foul yeah don't you know rebound the ball run the court the guy they've compared i remember in chicago last year they were having real trouble with him in the early part of last season like trying to tell him, hey, just like sprint the floor hard every time. He had a G League game in Memphis. It was actually in Mississippi where he was really lackadaisical. It was like this probably like the low moment of his rookie year. And then they brought him back, and he actually had a nice stretch. I remember it was like Chicago, Milwaukee. And after the Chicago game, he scored like 20, and they won. It was, it was kind of a big win after they had gotten blown out in Milwaukee. Kerr's whole post game was about like the way they're trying to teach him to play. And he mentioned Sean Marion. And it was like, we just need him at this stage of his career to be Sean Marion, where it's just like impact the game by just being really, you know, fast, strong, long, active defensively, crash the boards, run up and down the court, slash in the lanes, get rebounds, dunk when you're open, you know, shoot an occasional open three, but don't obsess over shooting the three and just use, you know, that size, quickness, strength to be a factor in like the glue ways and not the star wing ways. And I, you know, they're still clearly trying to figure out that balance. You know who didn't love the Sean Marion role? Sean Marion. <laughs> he, he did. He hated it. And, but he was really good at it. And he, he got hated, paid yeah, for it. Yeah. He got paid for it. He hated it though. Like he hated it. And Kaminga at 
19 or 20, I guess he just turned 20, is not going to like it. Is not going to like that idea. I think we're seeing it or doesn't quite see how he fits into it. But yeah, I think if they just call up one play for him every five minutes that he's out there and do the thing that he can do, maybe he turns it over. Maybe he does that dunk like, you know, that incredible driving dunk he did in the last game. And then everything else, just be available, play hard, play defense, rebound the ball. Uh, I think he did some of that in last game. He was a big minus. Like they can't know some of that. They almost have to throw out the minuses because that's just going to happen right now. Everybody's a minus. Ty Jerome was a massive minus last game. Lamb was a massive minus. Like I'm a plus minus guy. Everybody knows that. But like it gets a little bit heavy with Wiseman and Kaminga. Like this is just like you just kind of have to fight through that and just have them. You know maybe Wiseman's out for a while, but. Kaminga, I think you kind of have to suck it up and just say this is the, what he want him to do, and we will let him make some mistakes here or there and get him the ball once in a while and try to make this work. Because I don't think I don't know that they're going to go Anthony Lamb all the way into the playoffs. I just I just they can't. And their their alternative to that is Andre Iguodala. You can't count on that. And by the way, that's supposedly a while away. Like it's not going to be. In the in the near future, when you see Andre, then Iguodala. it's Kaminga or Moody, right? It's it, and and probably both. So, uh, you know, I just like I have been thinking like, what is the Kaminga baseline? Because we know Wiseman's probably falling through the baseline and is going to take a ways to get back. I didn't even ask Myers if he's going to be in the G League because I don't think he's going to be. I don't think they want him in the G League. I don't think he wants to go to the G League. It's tough to see him in the G League. They want him to play. Like the front office wants James Wiseman available to play and practice with the guys man if he's not playing for like eight straight games though i mean maybe you have to send him down the yeah i mean at some point he needs reps and like you know we'll see if if he accumulates you know five straight dmps then yep, yep. you know g league would be useful. he will not like that though he will not like that i mean they're getting to the point where these guys are like when is it gonna i mean i, and I think it's fair like what when are we getting a chance to play Maybe not so much for Kaminga Moody, but for Wiseman. This is just a long time into his career now. Uh, he's still young. I mean, this is, and we don't need to get too deep into it, but this is kind of the arc of somebody who doesn't figure it out on his first team. You know, it's like, you know, second, third team in the league type stuff. Uh, we'll see. You know, you mentioned Kaminga calling a play for him every, you know, whatever, six possessions or something like that. Play they used in his rookie year that I always seemed to work uh, was an inverted screen up top where you gave Kaminga the ball and had Steph set a screen. You could do the same thing with Poole if Steph's not in the game, you know, because there's such gravity attached to Steph or even Poole that the defenders, you know, in their minds, are like, I'm not leaving Steph to switch on to Kaminga right now. And Steph sets really good screens, as the entire world knows. And a lot of times it would get Kaminga downhill for a dunk, for an attack of the rim, a foul. And you know he can he's actually a pretty good passer on you know on the move. You know if you got Clay in the corner or something, I would do that play more often. And and that does get him engaged because it's like hey they're giving me the ball up top with a high screen like they're letting me operate and some space right. I mean that's he likes space because he can go right through it. And then if somebody comes in late, he can go right over him. He's tough and tra traffic's tough for him. Because you you know the dribble's not the super most tight thing. He doesn't quite see where everyone else is while he's in traffic, and that's where I think he makes like we talk about the mistakes that Kerr hates. It's head down, dribble in the traffic, stop. Uh oh, what do I do? Everything's bogged down. Turnover, dunk on the other side. That's the stuff that Kerr like. That's timeout. You're out of the game. 
if he just doesn't do that, if he just allows him to be... But see, the problem then is then he gets tentative because he doesn't want to do that. So he doesn't dribble the ball and he just plays hot potato with the thing. And Kerr doesn't like that either. These are these interesting issues that they come to. But, you know, can he be GP... Like, I threw it out there. Can he be GP2? Clearly, he cannot be GP2. Like, that's not... Like, just sit there in the dunker spot and wait for the ball. And when the defense reacts to Steph, you're there. He can't... It's just not... That's... He's not there. I don't know exactly why he's not there. Or, or in, It does speak to the subtlety of this. That's not just stand there. GB2 knew how to move and knew when to flash in in that spot. He was super sneaky. He spent a lifetime crafting that like. Skill. And by the way, how many missed dunks and layups has, has coming ahead? Like four? Where he's dropped it or missed it or missed the reverse? Like he's just had some of those that could teeter-totter the minutes and he's missed it. He's just had a few of those. And GP2 never missed, like never missed a dunk, ever, ever. He was the best in, you know, six foot three in, in traffic dunker I've seen. You know, not flying dunks all the time, but just like, I'm going to dunk it before you're here. And Kaminga really hasn't had that. Kaminga had that one in, uh, I think it was Detroit, yeah, uh, where he just came in the game and like Poole sent him a bounce pass that was like, oh, he's wide open for dunking. He just like, it clanged off his hands out of bounds. Kerr was asked about that one specifically, and he's like, not worried, he has great hands. Like typically he's great hands and he finishes and I'd probably agree. He he seemed to think it was more of like a focus, like rhythm thing. And that's the thing, like these guys, you know, you want them to build this rhythm and, and like early career consistency, but it's just so difficult to do without consistent minutes and consistent, you know, opportunity. And that is again, like the, the balance and, and what has shown to be kind of the flaw of, of this plan. Uh, we've spoken about it before, not so much with these young guys. We really hadn't seen it, but guys get rattled playing with Steph and Draymond and Clay, right? I mean, it's just like, oh my God, Steph just, you know, passed me the ball. What do I do? And if I shoot it, it isn't just shooting the ball. It's shooting the ball when Steph is over there. And I could actually pass it to Steph and he could shoot it. So why am I shooting it? And yet all of a sudden I have to shoot it. And wait a minute, I'm open. And then it just all these things get in their head. And we praise Jordan Poole for getting past that because he doesn't care right he will uh, that's what he will shoot the ball and there isn't a hesitancy whether it's Steph passing it to him or Clay or whoever I, I think we're seeing some of that pressure we definitely see it with Wiseman and Kaminga has a little bit of it too like he'll take the shot but there's like uh should I really be doing this and Steve says this and Steph's gonna cut over there but you can't be, you know, defer to Steph constantly, you know, when he's scoring 47, you do. Not all the time, and they're, you know, they're playing minutes without Steph, but it still feels like they have, the ball's heavy. The ball seems heavy for these guys, and in, in a way that is contrary to their developments, contrary to the team winning, and on the road, like, that's what, I just think this is a bad road team right now. It's just a bad road team, and you could o, see... Oh, and 6 would tend to agree with you. in crummy games, some really crummy games. And I think I said this to you, like, I just think that, like, these are the teams I used to make fun of. Like, Utah, great record, all of it at home. And they're 500 on the road or worse. Or Denver. We've seen these teams where they build up this 50-win season, but it's because they won 37 of them at home. And Warriors feel like that to me. Now, you, you can win a lot of games like that, and you can win playoff series like that, but it's not the way they've won playoff series. Like, they've think their worst road record in a championship season under Kerr has been 22 and 19, which is last season. And they're not going to come close to that this season. So it's mental toughness, it's availability. But my other point is they have, what if Steph misses 15 games? 
when he tweaked his ankle, that's what it looked like was about to happen, yeah, right? Yeah, it was like, <laughs> like, can you imagine if they're, let's say, even they fight their way back to 500 and then Steph misses 15 games, they would be in jeopardy of not making the playoffs. That's well, a very real. The one point. thing that I would say on that is I think that would slide Jordan Poole into a comfortable role, which, you know, when I mentioned March and April earlier, like Jordan Poole had that March and April because they're like, hey, you got to be Steph Curry for a month and a half. And he's like, this suits like, me I just can fine. Do that, baby. <laughs> yeah. I can't do the Lou Williams, but I can do the Steph Curry. <laughs> so, and that's part of the reason they paid him was like, hey, you know, Steph is probably going to miss 20 games in a regular season. And like, Murray was doing Draymond, like hitting handbacks and all that, like, you know, fake DHOs. Yeah, it'd so. be interesting. Hey, Steph, you want to take 15 games off? You go ahead. You go take your 15. Let's get you. Uh, the other off. way. You know, Poole looked great. It was when Clay missed time. And they're alluding to it, but, like, it's tough for Poole to come off the bench. But he signed with a team where that's his foreseeable future, though. That's the difficult part is, like, when will he start? Like, somebody's got to go, and maybe that's next year, but it may not be <laughs> based on this way, the way this year is working out. Maybe they d- double down on the Vets. You know, it's crazy. The thought in the playoffs was, hey, by ne- regular season next year, like, Looney can just come off the bench and, and they can go with the small ball pool party lineup, whatever. And it was Looney just became so good in the playoffs yeah. that you can't do that. <laughs> he's essential. Literally, he's essential. I think I said I think I said the this on the last winner. podcast. When Looney picks up fouls, I'm like, going, uh-oh. And then when Clay picks up fouls, I'm like, yeah, it's not that big a deal. And I would not imagine I would have thought that, but he's so important to them. I mean, it, the plus minus shows it, just the eye test shows it. And it's almost and like he can play with everybody. He, play with everybody. Like, he plays with everybody well. Yeah, I mean, you know, when they want to fix the second unit, it's like Looney's on the second unit. And you think he's out there for 35 minutes, and it, look, he's 24 minutes. I, it's just like the, these 24 minutes are so, like, he doesn't shoot, so you'd think you'd lose him, but those 24 minutes are like, those are Looney minutes now. Like, Looney's, these, this is when they really have to capitalize. It's when Steph's on the floor and when Looney's on the floor. That's wild. But it's, it is also in contrast to all the backups because they don't affect the game like he does or they affect it in a bad way. Looney Celebration podcast. Is so so when do at what point do we start talking about Looney getting a statue? <laughs> hey. Looney I'm, getting I'm what? Just saying, a, statue. a statue out there with the... Oh, wow. How many, how many titles does he need retire, to join retire. the crew? Should, should Joe Lakerb announce that they're retiring his jersey when this is all over? It's, it's a... It's Durant, Iguodala, Curry, Clay, Draymond, Looney. Give Looney that that that. You gotta give Looney something. Oh, absolutely. He's like huge. you know what I'm saying? Like Lou gotta get something. How about a He's mural? He's also like 26. They might years they old. might literally create a Ring of Honor just to give something to Looney. How about a Ring of Honor around Looney that is just all of the centers they tried to replace him <laughs> with over the years that he just a ring. will not allow. They should invite them all to the ceremony. Yeah, yeah. Zaza great. can announce them at uh, half no. That's court. the statue. That's the statue of, of Looney with. All the like the heads of all the centers who couldn't replace Damian Jones, and, Jordan uh, Bell, Jordan Bell. Oh, that's great. James Wiseman. James Wiseman. <laughs> he's gonna play for like ten more years, fellas. By the way, like he's still what is he? Twenty seven? I mean, it's twenty six. Unbe- I think. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like it's unbelievable that he's done all this and has had such a career arc. And he could go for ten more years. Like he's like he's part of the like the other timeline. He's not the first timeline. He's like the other timeline. He's the second time. He's a, <laughs> he is he's in the Wiggins. Time. Like yeah, it's unbelievable. You know, yeah. He's younger than Wiggins. He's a lot younger than Wiggins. It's it's amazing.
Looney Lane. Good call, B. Smith, our producer. Looney Lane next to the arena. Come on, Looney's got to be more than just a a street name on Chase Center. Come on. I mean, he's like definitely building his campaign. Like last season's playoffs, like took him to another level. Just like in a weird way, like historically with the franchise. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure you're putting him with his statue at this point next to you know the the main five guys, but. You know, a few more years of what he did in the playoffs last year, maybe. The value, the next purpose in my career, the next 10 years, TK, is getting Looney a statue. You go with that. That's well, that's I'm the next book, right? Goal. That's got to be Use your pen, book. Marcus Thompson. Yeah. It is a powerful tool. Just jump, dog. jump off that Curry thing and go right on the Looney. You, I, I was going to jump time. on the Jordan pool, but I'm going Looney. <laughs> I got the wrong Milwaukee guy. Oh, you screwed that <laughs> one up. Yeah, Looney, 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 Looney. Loon dog. He, I was telling Slater this. I was watching him in that Kings game, and his defense was like Draymond-esque. It was just the subtle steps he was taking. Like somebody would come off a screen and be open, but he'd just take one step that way and then be right back to his guy. He's like covering one and a half guys. It's like Draymond-level defense, and they are better because of it. You just see it. You feel it. Excellent player, just an excellent, and and that nobody signed, nobody wanted, right? This is how many times has he hit the market and nobody wanted, and the, the Warriors just say, "Good, thank you very much." Somebody on my mailbag asked me, "Isn't it unsure? Sure it's unfair that guys who play defense and are so valuable, like Looney, you know, they they don't get any, you know, they don't get the big money, and Jordan Poole gets this huge deal and doesn't play defense." And so that's just the way the market is. Like the Warriors aren't going to co- be contrary to the market. You know what? The market says you're worth six million, but we'll pay you thirty because that's what you're worth. They, you can't work like that. Ah, that's just also since since we got to point out, he's starting to get a little bit back to the pump faking. Oh, he's that. He's that. That's, that's all I'm saying. Like, I thought he solved that problem. <laughs> it's been a few times where he's like, eh, eh, let me kick this back out. So come on, Lou. You can't get a statue not putting those in. You got to put those in. <laughs> he man. is just... a team high plus sixty one this year. When he's on the floor, they're plus sixty one. When he's off the floor this year, they're minus ninety eight. Team worst. It's interesting. He's good. He's a good, good player. Well, I mean, that also speaks to the Wiseman. We're going to put that quote on the statue, the by the Green way. Collapse, you know. He's a great player. He's a great player, TK. Tim Calcombe. We're putting that on the statue. So I, I can't argue it. And it's just that he, and can you imagine if he could finish? Can you imagine that? That's, well, that's like was him in the playoffs. That's how right? you get to 30. Yeah, yeah him, that's how you get to 30. Him in the playoffs. MT, any other thoughts? You were out there for about five minutes. Uh, uh, no, no other thoughts. Okay. <laughs> Cavaliers Friday, Kings Sunday, and then Spurs Monday, I believe. I mean, this is, you know, the Cavaliers look vulnerable. Darius Garland, I, I guess, was sick last night in Sacramento, but they didn't play that well. They didn't defend well. He's I one mean, for nine. TK, what do you think of the defense of a Garland Mitchell backcourt? Not good. It is not They good. got some defense behind them. They have good defense. You know, it's like when you start bringing the screens, you're going to bring Mobley into play. So I don't know. Maybe Steph just go, just. It's mid-range against them. It's mid-range against them. People who take the mid-range, score against the Cavs. You don't take the mid-range, you don't score against the Cavs. I guess who don't take the mid-range. Well, Steph's shooting some mid-rangers. He's he's starting to. He's getting into the twos now. That's what's available. I think that's Jordan Poole's answer. Oh, he's been terrible at those this season, though. He's been terrible. He's not shooting them. But he's like those little runners that he was good at in the playoffs. Exactly. He's He's not shooting. Like, you watch De'Aaron Fox. This is a shot. He's He's getting to a spot, pulling up and shooting. I actually have some De'Aaron Fox mid-range stats (laughs) in my latest article. If you really. (laughs) Slater, Kings plus minus. Let's go. Yeah, uh, uh, we no, should probably De'Aaron wrap Fox up there. And, De'Aaron Fox impressed me. I mean, he's not a very good defensive player, but he that little mid-range, tough two 
guys forget that he's left-handed. That's like I don't know that the Warriors figured out he was left-handed for most of that game, but like it's 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 a really good way to get buckets, no question about it. No, I thought I I'm gonna let's not do a Kings thing here, but I I kind of like the, you know them more than I usually like the Kings. They just got some interesting things. Not sure it's all. They had a correct. really good summer. I mean, again, we don't need to do. But Kevin Herter's playing awesome right now. He's shooting fifty one percent from three. Uh, Monk was a great signing, and then Keegan Murray, it's a good rookie. I mean, he hasn't played that if well against the Warriors. They can just get over the refs. Like if they can get over that last <laughs> oh, hurdle, man, no, that the was like, they were right. By the way, I mean, I they've said, had two. Oh, they're yeah, incredibly yeah. right. Oh my god, yeah. Clay two really times. fouled, yeah. <laughs> really fouled Herter on that play, and Hero traveled. Yeah, he I did. Mean, that yeah, last two minute report has yeah. confirmed both. Yeah. I don't love Sabonis. He's fine. He's probably good with those little guards because he can get him the ball. But that that's a team, the roster that makes much more sense to me than they've done in the past. So we don't need to do Kings. We'll do Kings plus minus when Slater's got uh, that, two man, hours. That feels time. like we just did the Kings. Sunday from Sacramento, Marcus Thompson uh, he might even be in town. I mean, that's just a rumor. It's a wow. rumor up here in Sacramento. Marcus game Thompson. Oh, I'm in that thing. Just so you know, for the record, we're going to go out on this. Jordan Poole, 48% mid-range. Andrew Wiggins, 41. Oh, Let's Wiggins. go, JP. Wiggins. Wiggins. Mid-range, baby. Wiggins. Wiggins was not good on that road trip. Let's put it that way. Was not. Mid-range, baby. <laughs> he was Steph he was good on Monday, though. He, I he, think was. he was. Like he was. Five he was of good. five in the four. Oh, he was great and on he Monday. Played he, great on he played good D. He played good D. Like, they got to have him playing defense with, with the other guards they're putting out there. And he played fine. Steph at 65% on mid-range. This is KD level. He is. And he's, like, not. He has got his head down. Going, I'm getting at least going to get to the glass and bank something off and and they need it they absolutely freaking like what pass it to an open you know pool no go to the rim get get it finished and make your free throws pool is missing his free throws by the way is he like 80 percent on his free throws right now like there's another thing like there's stuff going on in his head right now that this is not great later's been trying to end this podcast for 10 minutes <laughs> let's go all right we'll talk uh, at some point in the near future